0: Welcome to the Mother of Mind podcast. If your time is limited, but you're after potent and powerful shifts, then this is the place for you. I'm Alice Rickard, your guide and get straight to the point partner when it comes to elevating your mindset. Join me for weekly transformative insights that bulldoze through problems, melt away anxiety and bring you back home to exactly who you are are meant to be. This is not just a podcast, it's your backstage pass to mastering your mind. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm so excited this week because my dear friend Nikki, who is also a mum and also a business owner, has joined me on my podcast today to ask me some questions all about kind of my journey and the struggles that I dealt with, like having twins, starting my own business, bashing through all the limiting beliefs to get where I am today. So I'm super excited. Hi, Nikki.
1: (laughs) Hi, beautiful woman. I'm super excited to be here with you and chatting about all things you because I haven't heard all of your story. So I'm super curious. Let's go back and start at the beginning, if you could. Because you have twins. How old are they now?
0: Four. So
1: I'm just coming out the trenches,
0: as they call it.
1: (laughs) You definitely are coming out the trenches. So tell me, having twins, one, becoming a new mum is already a life-changing experience. But I know for you particularly, it was really poignant in your personal journey. So tell me about how having twins really helped you discover regulating your nervous system and what that means for you in your life. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I even really understood the
0: word or had heard the word nervous system before I had children. So I think basically having twins or having, you know, a child full stop, one baby, two babies, three, however many you're having, it's such a massive, like, mind-altering life shift, right? You go from just kind of worrying about yourself and protecting yourself and elevating your own mindset to suddenly being in charge of someone, And when I mean in charge, it's like you're actually in charge of somebody else's survival. And nervous system is all about survival, right? Our nervous system only cares if we're either surviving or thriving. And we're having to regulate that for ourselves on a daily basis. But when we have children, suddenly we are in charge of somebody else's survival. So we get fixated on survival. We're starting to worry about things. We fear a lot. There's all these problems and worries and anxieties that come with having a child, right? Are they eating enough? Are they sleeping? Is that noise they're making correct? Is the poo the right colour, right? I'm going back to the newborn stage. But you're suddenly like, is this okay? Are they, you know, are they going to be all right? And when you're constantly fixated on that, it's hard not to get into, and I'm putting like inverted commas, into survival mode, because we are literally in charge of somebody's survival. And that causes a lot of worry and anxiety for us. And so when I had my twins, I actually suffered with really bad postnatal anxiety because of these thoughts and sensations and emotions I was having on, are they okay? Am I doing it right? Is this normal? All these questions that To my logical mind, seemed very normal, but to my unconscious mind was like, oh, my God, this is a real threat to our system, to our nervous system. This is like get into panic mode, something bad's happening. So regulating my nervous system became such an important journey for me after having children.
1: I love that so much. So tell me like your process of like understanding that that was what was going on for you and then where you are now, because now you're a life coach and you're studying RRT and you are doing brilliant work in nervous system regulation. So tell me a little bit about what that process looked like and you know your big breakthrough moment yeah. where it really what became apparent that you were like, I've got to do this, I've got to help other people do this.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. I wish... All new-time mums knew the importance of nervous system regulation. If I could go back and do it again, my highest priority when raising a child would be regulating my nervous system. My journey would have been, and I almost want a to burst into like so much fucking easier if I had known that my nervous system was out of whack. Because that causes so much turmoil for us, right? Like the sensations, and you know this, Nikki, like the sensations of anxiety and fear That we hold in our body, even though logically it seems like tiny little things, we experience that in such a different way. Our body experiences fear and anxiety in a way that our logical mind doesn't. So, something really small and insignificant, like your child waking up too early and you're a bit like, oh no, he's woken up too early, your body experiences that as like a threat to your survival. So, I didn't learn this for a really long time in my journey. Like I just knew that I felt horrendous and I didn't feel like myself anymore and I needed to do something. So I went on this long deep dive. I tried everything. I tried journaling, meditation, um, different therapists, coaches, and the biggest life-changing moment for me from going from being absolutely fucked after having children to finally being like, oh my God, I feel better than I even did before them, is when I've prioritized regulating my nervous system, prioritizing feeling safe in my body so that my unconscious mind knows like, you're totally okay. Even when external things are coming at you, there's actually nothing wrong. There's nothing to fear. And I think what people get mixed up is they're like oh I know it's fine I shouldn't worry about this but your body is still worrying about it and you're still experiencing that and even just by saying I don't think it's that bad or I don't think I've got anxiety your unconscious mind doesn't understand the word don't so you're still feeling all these emotions and sensations even though logically you're like yeah I'm okay And it's just trying like learning to marry up those two minds was like, ah, I've 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 fitted the jigsaw puzzle. This is how you come back home once you've experienced dysregulation from
1: being a new mum. That was amazing. Tell me, because I know so many people listening would be like, okay, that's great, Alice, but like, how the fuck do you regulate your nervous system? Because we're talking a lot about it being dysregulated. Like, what's your process? Does it look different on different days? Do you go through a checklist? Like, give us some of those insights that you use on a daily basis to regulate yourself.
0: So when you're looking at trying to regulate your nervous system, I think there's two ways of looking at it. There's regulating it through mind and regulating it through body. And the way that we regulate, I'll go through body first, the way that we regulate our nervous system through our body is things like breath work and cold immersion, right? So it's experiences that your body is experiencing. So you can calm your body and let it know it's safe through breath work. You can calm your body and let it know it's safe through cold immersion. And cold immersion is so good because you get into a freezing cold water and it feels like a threat to your To your survival, but you teach your body to relax in a state of stress. So, when you are in a state of stress and not in freezing cold water, it's something else like, you know, um, running late for something, your body is primed to relax in states of stress. And that's why that's so useful. So, I would say body regulation breath work and cold immersion and I'm sure there's others like somatic shaking as well and I'm probably missing loads but those are the two that really work for me but the mind is the biggest way to regulate your nervous system like you the I see like body regulation is kind of the sprinkle on the top the cherry on the top but the big work the big way to kind of regulate yourself is through a uh, You know teaching your mind rewiring your mind right reprogramming memories all the things that I use with rapid resolution therapy to teach your mind that it's safe in circumstances where previously it has not thought that so so often we think things are okay or we think things aren't okay And our unconscious mind is processing that information in a way that your logical mind isn't. And it's really important to get those two on board. And when we can get those two on board, unconscious mind knows that it's completely fine, it's safe. You know, so silly things that, you know, like your child waking up too early or your boss telling you you've done a bad job or... Um, not having as much money in your bank account that month, month, all those things that are fears and external threats to us, we can train our unconscious mind to still feel safe in those scenarios so that you are able to see solutions and make changes so much more easily.
1: And is it through these kind of processes and doing them consistently that you really move from like surviving to thriving? Like I'd really love to hear about your experience from that switch from going from survival mode to thriving and what that can look like in some of your clients' life maybe.
0: The biggest switch in going from surviving to thriving is where you feel on a daily basis. I always say to my clients, You are always gonna experience a whole range of emotions. That's the whole beauty of life, right? There can't be dark without light. There can't be hot without cold. We have to experience the whole range. But what the difference is, is when you're experiencing a range down here, and my hand's really low, that's when you're at like this low-level baseline. You're at this kind of survival mode and nothing's feeling that great. You doubt yourself you don't have a lot of motivation or energy for things, there's not you're not taking action where you could. All these sort of little small things that really make such a difference to your life. But when you regulate your nervous system, suddenly that baseline moves higher and higher and you're experiencing joy, energy, logic, creation, all of these high vibe emotions so much more. So you'll still always, you know, you're not Gonna miss having bad days, but you're able to respond to things in so much, like a much calmer manner. So things won't change necessarily all the time. You're always gonna have you know problems come at you or dickheads come at you, but the way you respond to them is so much easier. Like I would explain it as when you go from being in survival mode to going into like thriving mode, shall we say? The flow of life just becomes ease. Everything becomes so easy. And that's what I've really noticed. Like in my life now, where everything was a problem, everything was a worry, everything was a stress, everything was a threat, everything was against me. It was like waves were... I was stood in the sea and waves were bashing at me and the water was going in my face and the salt was in my eyes. Whereas now it feels like I'm stood in the sea and just waves wash past me. Everything just flows through me. Everything's so much easier. I can just take action without worrying what people are thinking. I can deal with problems with ease. They don't even feel problematic because my body feels so safe. It just doesn't give a shit about anything. (laughs) It's enjoyable. (laughs)
1: Uh, I love that so much, and that analogy was magic. Tell me about your morning routine, because I know people would be interested to learn like, what does Alice Ricard do every single morning.:
0: My morning routine varies every single morning, and I was really pissed off this morning when I saw an Instagram post by a really well-respected thought leader who I'm not slating him personally, but the post itself. Was promoting this kind of eight step morning routine, meditating 20 minutes, doing some intense exercise, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, hold on a second. No wonder people are struggling to get on the self-development train because you look at shit like that and you're like, I can't do that. That's impossible. I ain't even starting. For me, a morning routine is so simple. So the only thing I would say you need to do is just starting with yourself, right? Just focusing and prioritizing yourself. And even that might be difficult for some people to do, which is why I created this audio called Regulated and Ready, which it's done for you. So all you have to do is wake up, put in your earphones, and just listen. Just listen for a few minutes, and I can regulate your nervous system for you, because I didn't know how to do that when I first started out on my journey, and you don't need to know how to do it. There's, there's tools, there's, there's people out there that can help. So yeah, comment regulated or morning on this podcast episode or post wherever you hear me or see me, and I will send that straight to you. And all you need to do is pick up your iPhone or whatever you use to play things through, stick the headphones in, relax, and let me take care of it for you.
1: I love it. Now, I know that you are alcohol-free and you microdose. I wonder if you would dive into that a little bit and share with us what your biggest surprises have been from abstaining from alcohol.
0: I gave up alcohol in 2018 for a year as an experiment, just to see if I could give up for a year. And it was one of the best years of my life. I suddenly manifested these wild, crazy experiences. I was getting flown around the world to travel journalism. So I was getting flown to countries for free to write. And I'm not even a writer. I didn't even go to university. And I was like, what is going on? And I just felt so aligned, so energized, so bold to take action. And for some reason, I got to 2019. I think it was because I had children. was like in the survival mode. I started drinking again. And I was like, why am I doing this? Like, it doesn't make me feel good. Yes, it's really social and it's something to do with friends and it's a way to release from the week, but it's not having a positive effect on me. Whenever I drink, I never seem to do that well at work. I never seem to have great workouts in the gym. Like all the things that I love to do suddenly get impacted. So I was like, right, you know what? I'm gonna try this again. I'm gonna give up alcohol for the second time in my life. And as soon as I did it, it just clicked. That memory came back, was like This is the kindest thing that I can do for myself. Not drinking is literally one of the kindest acts of, you can call it self-love, but not drinking is the kindest act of self-love I have ever done for myself. It is prioritising yourself to the absolute max because you have to literally shut out everybody else's opinion. So just by doing that alone, whether it's about the alcohol or not, it's the best training exercise of not caring what other people think and actually I've only just realized that now and it's like giving me a breakthrough that Christ maybe it wasn't just the nervous system regulation but actually saying no to everybody else that my health and the way I feel is more important than your fun night out and your version of what you think I am I and the most important person to myself, to what is working for me, that's what matters. So giving up alcohol is the, the, the kindest and biggest act of self-love you can probably do. It's still seen very weird, especially in the UK, where drinking is such a big culture, And you've got to be really comfortable with not caring what people think to be able to do that. But when you do do that, it's like you get this double whammy. You get all the benefits of not drinking. Your mind is so clear. You have so much more energy. Your skin is so much better. You can see more clearly. It's easier to regulate your nervous system because you can actually hear what's going on. Because when we're drinking, all we're doing is drowning out emotions, thoughts, and sensations. So you have no clue how you're really feeling or thinking. So until you do that, it's like you need to clean the glass before you can really work on it. Like alcohol really muddies and dirts the, like the windscreen. Like that's how I see it. It's like, oh, I, I, I cleaned the windscreen wipers first by removing the alcohol. And then I really worked on the engine of the car. But before I could work on the engine of the car, I had to clear the windscreen wipers. And that was getting rid of alcohol for me when it comes to. So I also microdose. And I speak about this kind of infrequently because it's technically not allowed in the UK. But the reason that I will speak about it is because I don't necessarily think that the powers above us have our best interests at heart. And this could go into a whole nother conversation. But our government, our health system, it's not there to prioritise exactly how you're feeling if it was why is alcohol promoted so widely right it's a known depressant it's a known nervous system dysregulator it's a known cause that causes so much home abuse in the house yet it's still promoted all the time so if people really did care like why is this being promoted Yet on the other hand, we have this magical plant, we have a mushroom that's from the ground, that's from the earth, that's natural, that is in studies in the US to cure depression, to help people in their journey when they're coming towards the end of their life, people with terminal illnesses, people with cancer. These studies are already proven that it's the most incredible mood enhancer, helping people with ADHD, helping people with terminal illnesses, helping people with depression. So you have this plant that's actually promoting health, promoting brain, promoting mind enhancements, yet you're not allowed to take it. Now, that seems dodgy AF to me, right? So... (laughs) I've always been one to really investigate my own health and my own journey. So even when doctors tell me things, I won't necessarily do it. I'll always listen to my own intuition, listen to what's right for me. Not giving, not drinking and microdosing has been the best journey for me ever. I've never felt so good. And if that's wrong in society's eyes, then fuck society because I feel amazing.
1: (laughs) I love that so much. Apart from your twins, tell me what your biggest moment of life transformation has been.
0: It's really hard to pinpoint your biggest moments in life transformation because I think we have so many and there are obviously ones that are much greater than others, but I would say the biggest moments of life transformation for me, there's probably three moments. One was obviously having children. I think that is the, the biggest life transformation journey that I've ever gone on. The second would probably be my parents' divorce. So again, it's like a whole change in dynamics and routine and familiarity. But the other real pivotal moment for me in my life, a big transformation for me, is when I had been working in finance for eight years And was really miserable in my job. Was living because the paychecks were really good. And taking a stand to be like, do you know what? I have to prioritise my happiness. I have to prioritise going down a path that feels good over money. And that was really scary. And it's led me on the most incredible journey. And sometimes I think, oh my God, imagine if I was still working in an office now. Like all the things I wouldn't have done. Like I... I'm a a joke in a sense that I love to switch and change careers, but that I'm a manifesting generator. We're known for wanting to do and doing everything and you know everything is possible to us. Tell us a career and we'd probably want to go and jump and do it. But that's what I love about my life is that when I do see things that I want to do, I just now fucking go for them. And that's the enjoyment and the mess and the creation. It's just that's how life is enjoyable to me it's not for everyone but for me different star signs and human design will be like oh no awful routine like my husband would hate that but for me the the joy is in the mess the joy is in the creation the learning the growing the failing the coming back like I just love it all it's such a, a like it's like a roller coaster and I'm here for it all the loop the loops the ups the downs like it just the polarity of life is what I live for. Like, I'm fine with the downs because as soon as you come down, and I've said this to you, Nikki, when we're having down moments, it's like, pull me fucking down like a catapult because I'm going to spring back up, motherfucker, twice as high.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm okay with the downs because I know we've got to come back up. What goes down must go up in my books. That's the, that's the phrase I have, and it works. <laughs>
1: Oh my God, I love that so much. All right, I've got two more questions because I feel like I could talk to you forever. Um, tell me, like you mentioned that you go to the gym, you do some microdosing, things like that. Tell me, like, what are your habits, like your healthy habits that you build into one, regulate your nervous system, but also make sure that you are always in a growth mindset and, you know, becoming the best version of yourself?
0: Healthy habits are really important, and I don't like to use the word important because that's a whole other podcast episode, so let me just rephrase that and we'll go into that another time. Healthy habits are really useful because they allow you to grow so much more easily, right? When we are Doing things that are helping us, that are elevating us, that are increasing energy. I'm always thinking energy-wise, like what is going to increase my energy? I'm a working mom. I have two children that are four years old. I have a dog. I have a household, husband, friends, business, clients. There's so many people around me that I'm looking after and wanting to energize. Like I want them to feel good. And for them to feel good, I have to be feeling great and I want to feel great so that is why I am such a priority because it's not a selfish thing it's the greater I feel the more good I can do so my biggest project is always me I'm always going to prioritize me and even my clients know that I will always make sure that I'm going to the gym before I see them I will take days off when I need it I will move them around like way in advance but the priority is me. I'm like, I have to pump myself up. I have to fuel myself up. I have to charge the battery as much as I can. And I know that the more I do that for me, the more good I can do, the more energy I can put into other people, the more help I can do. And the ways that I do that is first, in my mind, the first thing is knowing that prioritizing you is the right thing to do. A lot of people struggle with that. They think it's selfish or they feel guilt around it or shame and that's something that you know you can work on with a coach that's something I certainly did but things that energize me that's what I prioritize I really think about it in the morning I'm like what do I need to do today that will energize me if I don't have time for the gym I'm going to get in an ice bath if I don't have time for the ice bath in the gym I need to make sure I'm around people that energize me if I've spent time with people that have drained me then I will then make sure that I go and spend time with people that have energized me. I'm always thinking of like this energy exchange. How can I increase my energy? How can I increase my energy? It's always gonna run low by the end of the day. And also knowing when it runs low, what to do, because otherwise we'd be in a constant state of productivity, right? Like I'm not suggesting that we're constantly energizing ourselves. Sometimes we need to know, right, I'm really tired. I'm taking the day off work. Like yesterday I was like, I'm going to a spa. I don't want to look at my computer. That's going to be the best thing for me. Or I need to sit in front of Netflix and I need to binge three episodes of a series because that's what's going to energize me tonight. But it's knowing the difference because sometimes it might get to the end of the week and you're like, oh, I don't want to go and see my best mate. I'm really tired. Um, Maybe I'll watch Netflix. But would going to see that best mate energize you? Is it somebody that really fuels you? And every time you see them, you're lit up and you're like, oh, my God, I had such a good time. It's really focusing on what increases energy in your body, what increases energy in your mind. And that's, that's what I really focus on because if I'm energizing myself, I can energize others and they can energize others and we can all energize each other and <laughs> the frequency rises.
1: I love that so much. That was such, a, um, such an epic answer. Thank you. So my last question is, if you could tell someone listening one thing to help them move towards the best version of themselves what would that be?
0: If I could tell someone one thing that would move them closer to the best version of themselves it would be prioritise yourself and your growth and your energy above everything else. Don't try and give to people, teach people, help people until you've taught help and grown yourself. You have to start with you first. You can't be giving and feeding and working and doing it all for everyone when you're not even doing it for yourself. Make you the most important Best project you ever work on, more than your work, more than your kids, more than your partner, because when you are in the best condition that you can be in, you are going to be better at all of those things, all of the time. So prioritize yourself because you are super powerful and you have so much potential. And the more you prioritize yourself, the more power and potential you're going to see.
1: That was epic. I love it. Was there anything else that you wanted to mention or do you feel like I covered a lot?
0: No, that was so good to get the lead magnet in as well. Thank you.
1: That's all right.
0: I'll just be like, I'm gonna just do an ending. Thank you so much, Nikki, for joining me. It was so lovely to just chat and I felt like I almost had a coaching session because it's so weird when you reflect on your own journey. It's like you're always learning from what you've experienced, even though you and I know from an RRT perspective, the past doesn't exist, but we can still learn from so much from it. So thank you. I really appreciate your time. Thank
1: you. Thanks so much for having me. And I think like you always remind me, right? Like Our experiences and the way that we view the world and the perspective that we have, the lens that we look through can help someone else on their journey because everyone's at different points, right? So I've loved hearing more about you and how you think and getting in your mind because you have a beautiful mind. So thank you so much for sharing it.
0: Oh, thank you. Guys, you need to go and follow Nikki. She is a badass single mum over in Adelaide, Australia. We're on a crazy time difference. Nikki, what's your Instagram handle? I'll drop it in the show notes, but... Just where can people find you?
1: Uh, it is at underscore Nikki Vox, V O X X underscore. Or you can find me at nikkivox.com.
0: Woo! Have a brilliant day! Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode. I really hope that it was both insightful and useful. And if it was, and you have a little bit of time, I would be super grateful if you could hit subscribe or leave a review on the podcast. If you have any topics or questions that you would like me to cover in the next episode or any episodes coming up, then do send me a DM on Instagram at Motherofmind. Until then, can't wait to hang out with you next time.